I am proud to announce that next month, the World Television Network will be premiering a great new show, The Battle of the Tough Guys. Hey, welcome back, or welcome to the very first episode of the show you've ever listened to. Hi. I'm Taylor. I'm Mark. And uh, we are covering today a truly unique entry. A special. It's a special one. It's a special. Very special episode. (laughs) It's so so bad. It's very bad. It's 1989's No Holds Barred. So here... At 50% fresh, we love to take a movie that didn't necessarily get quote-unquote good reviews and give it a look. We go to bat for a lot of them. So, you know, oftentimes it's a little bit like, hey, lighten up, or hey, critics were wrong, we think, or hey, this deserves another look or something. But, you know... If we've not, neither of us have seen it, or if one of us hasn't seen it, it's also just like, all right, let's let's come to this with with, uh, an open mind. Yeah, if it's intriguing, but also part of it is it's been kind of buried, it's like, well, let's have a look, you know. But if you listen to the Gotti episode with John Travolta's uh, Gotti film, you know that sometimes movies just suck. (laughs) And we're here to talk about it. They sure do. Um, So No Holds Barred is a Hulk Hogan movie. Uh, I really, I think it's, uh, you know, when we started this show, I really feel like this was one I kicked around early on. Like No Holds Barred is probably a shitty movie with awful reviews that would be fun to talk about. And is it even a cult classic at this point, or is it just largely hated? <laughs> I think that's a great question. There's probably, obviously, there's some people that like uh, we. There's 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 definitely a way to ironically like it in like the uh, bad B movie sort of. It's like the room of wrestling or something, right? Like the film, the room. Not to just make a weird, thing. Uh, you the know, Tommy just like the, one, yeah, not, thank not you. the Brie Larson. Yeah, that too thank you right right yeah right it wasn't that rough was it um <laughs> so but yeah just you know what i mean just like there's probably people that love it because it's like some awful like piece of shit but i don't even think it's got i don't think it's got well, two champions anywhere as of that cult kind of thing um as as since the movie came out in 1989 when you were uh, four or five yeah. depending on what a, month it was when, little hulkamaniac yeah you might have been the like prime Actually, I was going to say you were the prime audience, but having yeah. recently watched this movie, I'm right. not sure who the prime audience yeah, was, except right. for just Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan. It should, it should have been me. Yeah, you in would words, think. In the words of WWE's Dolph Ziggler, it should have been me. <laughs> it should have been me. It should have been me. And, and yeah, like I was lined up, and I, we were talking about this recently, like after a while, uh, Hulk Hogan was like the big guy in wrestling for so long and kids like me ate it up just because he was the guy. Like as I came to and figured out that wrestling was around, Hulk Hogan was already the guy. I don't ever remember him becoming the guy. You know, it was mm-hmm. just like the grass is green. Hulk Hogan's the champion. Welcome to the world, kid. And so that's why a lot of kids that were like still pretty young, I think were into the ultimate warrior to beat Hulk Hogan. Because even before you re- like as soon as there's another guy, almost my point is you realize, oh, I think I like that other guy more. Like Hulk Hogan's not that cool. Like you can't take away the fact that, oh, sure, he headlined a lot of WrestleMania, sold a lot of tickets, made wrestling popular, right place at the right time, did his job, all that. 
But you look back and it's like, this, this guy was not very cool. He's got nothing, <laughs> like, you know, compared to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, cool as hell. And The Rock. The Rock. Who are, like, probably just the two kind of greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah, and certainly, it's, like. It's crazy that they were both active at the same time. It's cra- crazy that they're both active because they both were, like, the, the oversimplification is if in the 80s you have Hulk Hogan in the 80s into the 90s. And then as the 90s went to the 21st century. Those were the two guys. And mm-hmm. if either one of them were there, they, it would have just been them. But they were both there. And and, and we, both really we are cool. all better for it. <laughs> yeah. But but either of those, like, even like listening to uh, the men themselves, uh, Stone Cold or, or The Rock, like in interviews now, they're hilarious and just super charismatic <laughs> and just really yeah. fun to watch and kind of infectious. Hulk Hogan is just like the weirdest person and, and he lies all the time. We'll talk about that later. That's a tease for later. But you know, yeah, he just you, lies all the time. If you don't know, for the uninitiated, this guy ha- just tells the weirdest lies you've ever heard, like involving make-a-wishes that didn't happen. and Time just, like, travel. Just Actual talks. time travel in a way. Yeah, yeah. He's Stick a, around for that. He's a special... <laughs> Special individual. So I will say when this movie came out, to speak to what you said, uh, it, uh, I was excited for it. I don't think I would have seen it in the theater. I, I remember it vaguely seeing it. I remember vaguely seeing it at home. I remember that when we saw the last fight in the movie, I was like, I do kind of remember this. Um, where like the way that the TV producer is kind of around for all of it. I remembered all that. But uh, so we watched it on TV at home. So rented it or whatever the hell. So maybe I saw it in 89 or 90. But I just remember being thoroughly underwhelmed with it. Even then, even when you're a kid, you know, and you're really just like. I'm yours to lose. Show me fucking anything and I'll probably like it. And I, I really think there's a handful of movies, one of which we covered, Street Fighter and No Holds Barred. You know, it was the third Ninja Turtles movie or the three movies in my youth where I was just like, what the fuck is going on here, man? <laughs> How did you make this boring? Or, <laughs> you know, like, this should be so good. But, yeah, it's like yeah. you're at a certain point as a child, you're, you're red pilled when you realize that. Not all movies are good. Yeah. Like you could get together and make a Ninja Turtles movie or like a Hulk Hogan fighting movie and bore the pants off of me at six or seven or whatever. Like, yeah, it's it's remarkable in a way. (laughs) Yeah. This one just kind of escaped me. I mean, I knew it was around and it's just one of those movies that I think you can sort of tell what the whole thing is just by looking at the cover. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just other movies that are executed better and i've never been terribly interested in hulk hogan yeah. as a because by the time i started watching wrestling which was when Shawn michaels was active mm-hmm. uh you know when he was like heartbreak kid and pyro and the, he, he, the dangly pants and all that which um, is almost directly like hulk hogan left so guys like Shawn michaels and bret hart became the guys so like you're talking about like i came in Mm-hmm. Like I remember the specific era in the post Hulk Hogan world is where you came in. Yeah, it was it was like uh, no more goofy gimmicks. Like a lot of gimmicks used to be based on like, oh, this guy's a dentist or this guy's a cowboy, you know, like that kind of. And then oh, you learn there's cowboy wrestler. You learn behind cool. the scenes. The reality is, oh, this guy's Hulk Hogan's friend. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why there's a barber wrestler. Because <laughs> the guys. Oh, yeah. We yeah. get to talk about him later, too. I saw that. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's on the brain. Yeah. So, so you had never seen it. I had only ever seen it once yeah. back then yeah um i figure we'll just go over the uh the plot because it's not well executed so it might just be cleaner if we could sort of explain what it's about up, yeah, up it might help me. yeah right make sense of it all um so hulk hogan stars as rip the mega popular world wrestling federation champion <laughs> who is loyal to his fans and the network he wrestles for yeah. but brell 
played by Kurt Fuller. <laughs> these, I'm sorry. These all sound like the first name they thought of. R- Rip and Brel. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but Brel, the new, the evil new head of the World Television Network, wants to lure Rip to his network so he can dominate TV ratings. But Rip's just too good. He thwarts Brel's blank checks, femme fatales, and goons. So Brel starts his own wrestling show called Battle of the Tough Guys. <laughs> it's really what it's called. A glorified bar brawl that crowns the super scary, seemingly invulnerable Zeus, played by Tom Tiny Lister, as champion. Yet, the evil TV boss will not rest until Rip belongs to his network, and heinous deeds must be done in order to convince Rip to accept a final showdown against Zeus. You got all that? Yeah, there's so much to take in, and I saw the fucking thing with you. So basically, evil TV suit wants, wants to get a wrestler, the most popular wrestler, to wrestle on his television network. And... and uh, Rip rejects this until he's no just way, like brother. kind of provoked into it. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't going to be a conventional one where we really tackle the plot in a way that we have any respect for it. He, he but, but after the fact, I was just like, then they just like, I know they just kind of like, they're just mean to him enough or whatever. Right. Like there's really no, there's really no like, okay, I will go wrestle on Burrell's network for this reason and, and, and like this is the, the the breaking point of the decision or this is this is the ripster is that what they call him this is uh you know for all the ripomaniacs why why is he on a different channel one night you know like why would he ultimately ultimately you know it's like of it's to, to no one's surprise the rip ripper uh that's what i call it, rip rip rogan uh wins the fight at the end that's to no one's surprise but then it's like, well, doesn't the producer ultimately get what he wants, though? I never really thought yeah. about that till right now, but he got he booked the match. Fuck who wins. He booked the match. And now he, I bet it did big numbers, too. So it's really about Rip getting outsmarted in a way, right? Like they lay yeah, a little trap and you're like, oh, OK, no way I'm going to fight for you. And by the end, he's fighting for him. He totally falls for it. <laughs> but no, you could really see where this movie should be at least just like mediocre. You could see why it exists because Hulk Hogan was fucking huge. He had an appearance in a Rocky movie, and this is kind of just Rocky with pro wrestling. So the TV stuff, you know, there's a way you could have made a pretty fine generic movie. So the timing of this was such, uh, we're like, this is like peak Hulk Hogan popularity. He could have done anything, and he wanted to go star in movies. And we'll get into uh, the the logistics of that a little bit more Mm. uh, soon. But um, Hulkamania just running wild, though. In 86, three years before this movie came out, was WrestleMania 3 here uh, in Pontiac, Michigan, where we live, um, at the Silverdome, which does not exist anymore, sadly. But it, like, it broke attendance records, and that's where Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, like the big the big slam, which mm-hmm. anybody of a certain age is aware of that, I'm mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it was just really... And it was also that interesting time where people still thought wrestling was real, right? And that's what's interesting. I think I think the jury was out a little bit. Like, I definitely remember my dad trying to, not like, not that he cared that much, but just like telling me it was fake. I mean, no, 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 there's no way. And I just don't think, I don't think, you know, I think there's less of that probably in the world now or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I do think that, yeah, I think this movie has, it plays with that a little bit. Like, you know, it certainly treats wrestling as very real, this movie. Which, you know, later movies like The Wrestler don't, <laughs> you know. So, uh, unsurprisingly, 
I'd never heard of the director or writer. And based on the, the writer's name, I'm not convinced he's a real person. We have a more. There's like a few. It's not, you know, like we know some other people who are involved in the writing. This person doesn't have a trail. There's there's some reasons that this might be some fakery. I'm not telling you what to believe. All I'm telling you is I am suspicious. <laughs> but OK, so it was directed by Thomas J. Wright. And it was written by Dennis Hacken. 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 Oh, and according to the title, uh, one of the titles, uh, it's produced by Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly. Yeah. And uh, Vince McMahon did finance the movie. He put up $20 million of his own money. In the 80s. $20 million in the 80s. Side note, Hulk Hogan made $1 million for his <laughs> his amazing performance. It's crazy because like, it's so obvious, but a movie like this... You know, Rocky is a very likable guy. Ever, you know, a main character like that, and, and and the movie starts and you see him wrestling, and then it cuts to like Brel talking about we need to beat him, we need to get him, and then we need to find the next guy and all that, and then suddenly like well bring him in here and they bring, and you realize like he's the hero of the movie. They don't ever really like introduce him. I guess like again, you see him wrestling, and and they just I guess it's like they're that you're you. Everyone knows that you're coming to the movie knowing who Hulk Hogan is and all that, but they really don't do anything as far as like, hey, here's a likable guy who's going to quip and make a joke or anything. It's like, no, here's a guy with the weirdest hair and mustache situation you've seen in a long time. The dumbest outfits. Dumb fucking outfits. He, uh, a, a pretty woman walks into the room, like a, a TV oh advertising yeah, executive yeah. or something like that is her, her alleged character. <laughs> <laughs> but... Like, and then he just, like, starts perving at her, like, making the weirdest faces and just, it's just, he's, he's awful. He's awful. fucking awful. And I've always was fascinated by his hair, and I've talked to you at great length about it, so you probably know the spiel I'm going to go into here uh, off the record. We've talked about this a lot, but uh, uh, he, he, I'm fascinated by Hulk Hogan's weird hair. I always thought he had, like, it's like, is it short, long hair or long, short hair? But it's like this like curtain that goes around the back of his head, this line. There's like one line of hair, but he's grown it all about seven inches long. And it kind of just dangles like graduation tassels from the back of his head. This is one thing. It looks like a little fucking curtain. It's just fascinating to me. And because he's been so bald for so long, he's well, not like like you have to, but he's went in. So like he goes pretty hard for like the bandanas. And that's the thing that Rip does is like. Dude just wears like, oh, funeral? Cool. Black Mandana. Like, that's Hulk Hogan and Rip. Uh, that's the life they live. They've just willed the bandana into being everything, you know. But not all the time, which I think is the strangest Yeah, call. right. It always is on the table, but not all the time, because you might also let that weird hair fly back there. Yeah, but it's just... Uh, yeah, the handlebar mustache, too. I was looking at that thing, where maybe it just looks better in a wrestling context. But again, when he just, like, sitting at a table... So, flirting with a woman or something and he's got this three-fourths of a square around his face it just it's it's a weird look and 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 then they just so then rip is really just hulk hogan but he's blue and white and that's the thing that i'm really confused by by the way so in this movie the world wrestling federation entertainment now uh, federation at the time it it exists Mm -hmm. and and hulk hogan is playing their champion 
Yeah. Why isn't he Hulk Hogan? Right, because he's got it's the same belt he's toting around. Mm-hmm. The movie starts, they, they really uh, front load it with, uh, like, you think you're going to be in better hands than you kind of are. The first voice you hear the, is is Mean Gene Okerlund, one of the greatest announcers mm-hmm. of all time. Mean Gene Okerlund with Jesse the Body Ventura. It feels not only like they're great at it, but also that's just what WWF felt like. And they they obviously filmed all this stuff and gave people a bunch of signs that said, rip them and go ripper and whatever the fuck. Uh, so they're at the WWF venue. It li- so it literally looks and sounds, I didn't know it, but he's fighting Axe from Demolition, uh, mm. uh, Sans makeup and stuff. But I, uh, so I didn't recognize him. But uh, but yeah, like, you know, it feels like top level production stuff. Uh, and then, and it's like, we were talking about later, like they didn't really, well, another thing, I was going to mention this earlier about how this movie should have at least been like mediocre. You see where it's like, why don't you just make this mediocre Rocky meets wrestling movie? Wouldn't in like the generic version that's, in my head and mediocre has like a few fights throughout the movie, not just literally the very beginning and the very end, which yeah. is another crazy thing that happens. Yeah. There's no like wrestler cameos or wrestling scenes throughout the movie after this. It's just speculation about the big fight at the end. And I do wonder if it's because Hulk Hogan is one of those guys that I don't know if you guys know this, but wrestlers are out of their minds in ways <laughs> that you couldn't possibly fathom. And it's super political and like they'll, it's it's all predetermined. The 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 matches are like, you know, they're actually doing the feats and all that. Uh, they're pulling their punches, but the winners are predetermined. And sometimes, when a wrestler starts getting too big for their britches, they will refuse to lose to a guy that they don't like. Mm-hmm. And Hulk Hogan was infamous, is infamous for having done that in the past, like keeping guys down, just like making shit up, just being being a catty bitch. Mm-hmm. But why does why don't you put yourself beating up guys three or four times in the middle of the movie is what I don't understand. Oh, that's sorry. That's what I was going to get at, though. It's like he, he doesn't want anybody. He doesn't want to share the limelight at all. This I is guess. my movie. I'm I the guess. movie star. Yeah, man. That's my theory. It's really uh, this is neither here nor there. But you look at you look at guys like on one hand you have Hulk Hogan, Triple H, other people. On the other side you have John Cena, Dave Bautista. It's just like man, to be a great character in wrestling, you can either come over and be a great actor, or it can just be like it's not it's not for you. It's not a uh, Hulk Hogan kept on trying too. Bless his heart. Bless his weird fucking heart. And he he's just, in so many bad movies. He's, he has nothing. And I really do think he because nothing. because he's he was so famous that yeah. I, I do think that he kind of ruined Hollywood's idea of what a wrestler is able to do as an actor. Well, he put a hurdle, at least, I think, because people have been able to clear it. Yes. But they do have to clear it. And it took a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, besides The Rock... Maybe Kevin Nash. He, you see him as Kevin small. Kevin Nash is like a solid worker, man. He's in Magic Mike. He's, he's in like John Wick. Guy. He was this fucking super shredder in Turtles too. That's cool. Yeah. So I think he's been like a utility guy or something. Jesse Ventura yeah, of course. went a different route, but bopped around in movies for a second. <laughs> Respectively. Respectably, I would say. Predator is so fun just because it's like, I don't know, that cast is great. We'll probably never get to talk about that because I yeah. assume that has good reviews. Yeah. And fucking better. But no, uh, speaking of reviews, though, yeah, to no one's surprise, not to skip around, it got a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I I, uh, I should have done no. uh, my research next time. Next episode, I will uh, keep a running tally of where. Oh, this that's falls. right. Like, oh, uh, where does that slot in with yes. what we've done? It's obviously it's on the low side at ten percent. It can't not be. Gotti is is 
the is that absolute a goose egg? top. Is because, that a zero? Yes, that got. Uh, it's one of the only movies to have a zero. We may seek out some films that are either tied with Gotti, or the system has been gamed and it has somehow achieved negative status. <laughs> That'd be interesting. A computer error. Uh, oddly, so we uh, we we base this whole this whole premise of the show is based on Rotten Tomatoes scores. Um, so I, I go there, I grab the score, and then I grab the critics' consensus, which is usually like a little like Rotten Tomatoes. Somebody that works there will pen their own sort of like uh, summaries. Yeah, the, they'll summarize kind of like what the critics had to say overall. Yeah, it's like um, you uh, you put your finger in the air and feel the wind. And yeah, exactly. Like all right, here's all here's right, what yeah, the report yeah, says. Here's, here's, what here's the forecast. But um, there just isn't one. For this movie, <laughs> so not available. But uh, however, they do have a very odd plot synopsis. It's yeah. a one-sentence plot synopsis. Um, we've talked about what what the movie's about. Yeah, but they throw they take it a different way. They really do. So it just says <laughs> a TV network boss, Kurt Fuller, pits a wrestler called Zeus against a wrestler called Rip Hulk Hogan in a racial match. Racial match this Sunday at Survivor Series. I was I was really confused. No holds by barred that. racial match. Like, like a. It. I guess you know if visually, if you look at the 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 poster, sure, white competitor, black competitor. I never even noticed. But that. No, it okay, never okay. comes up. It's never even mentioned. Yeah, the it's, movie might have made something of that, but they didn't. It's completely irrelevant. Maybe knowing what we know now about Hulk Hogan, I could see why it would might be on the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Um. Same reason why he gets booed. I forget in where. Front of crowds yeah. These days. <laughs> I forget where, I don't know if it was a, in my head it was Gene Siskel, but it didn't make our little quote, but it might not even been him, but someone alleged that they're really just, uh, they were ripping off the fact that uh, Hulk worked with Mr. T yes. in WrestleMania 1, but they were buddies, so I don't know, is that, you know. Oh, I thought it was ripping off Mr. T and Rocky. Oh, that's probably it, the rip Mr. T, Rocky and Mr. T dynamic. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got, yeah, I got things, wires crossed in my head. Yeah, 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 that no was the problem. allegation. I was like, yeah, in my head, you could hear it. If you run it back, you can hear me going, why the fuck was Gene Siskel talking about WrestleMania? That was the that was the part of my head that was weird, but it wasn't WrestleMania 1. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> but uh, so we did, we did pull up an old episode of uh, of Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert's old show um, where they where they briefly reviewed this movie. And Gene Siskel uh, said, unfortunately, this miserable picture has none of the dubious campy humor of those World Wrestling Federation telecasts. Um, Roger Ebert said, it's not that I was offended by it. I was more just appalled. (laughs) And uh, he kind of spoke to my complaint about why didn't they just have Hulk Hogan play himself? But um, I I think maybe he takes more exception to the whole, just the whole thing. existing. But uh, he says... What Hulk or his advisors have done is taken a multi-million dollar image and really trashed it better than anybody else could do it for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, again, you, you get on paper where it's like, I'm going to play the guy, the winner of the thing and beat everyone. I, I, I don't know why. Couldn't you be? Did they want to? Maybe because they wanted to launch him as an actor or Hulk Hogan to be launched as an actor. So he felt he wanted to actually act. And mm. if you're just like, hey, I'm Hulk Hogan playing Hulk Hogan in the new Hulk Hogan movie, that might not be a way to take that next step. But now what you've done is you take this lateral step where you just like, I'm not Hulk Hogan, I'm Rip, brother. And it's just like, there's no, any bit of character that you would describe is largely going to go just like how you describe the Hulk Hogan character. Again, sub blue and white for I was yellow say, and, and red. And I that's think he just wanted him. to wear blue. And then he, he wanted to do, um, Rip does this really bizarre hand Oh yeah, symbol. like he throws up that, it, yeah. It's like a combination of... 
like the hang loose um, shaka yeah, symbol. Yeah. Call me, kind of, yeah. You know, like the yeah the the uh, you know extended thumb, extended pinky, and the I love you. Yeah, the first like, finger's out a little, but not fully, you. not yeah. fully. It's not full Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, it's it's like a little guy. So so if you can picture this, thumb extended, first finger knuckle. Yeah. And then pinky extended. I always think when you see, you know you see a lot of wrestlers will have a thing they throw up or whatever. It's like, man, a lot of the easy ones are taken, yeah. you know, so you have to get complicated. It's like naming your band or something. <laughs> it's tough to just like get a real good There's bread only, and butter one, you know. Only so many things you can do with your hands. Exactly right. Uh, and then. They even made fun of it on air, uh, this movie, uh, later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, What was the crack? Oh, uh, so much later, um, in the late 90s, Vince McMahon on commentary joked, Hogan promised me that if the movie lost money, he was going to return his salary. I guess the check is still in the mail. Uh-huh. And uh, legendary commentator Jim Ross also joked, no holds barred, more like no profit allowed. It sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. It's funny, too, where it's like um, it, it really just shows, you know, us being wrestling fans. You see you see people lose their minds on the Internet and they, 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 they argue about this and that. And, and, and it's just kind of funny. It's a lot of things, a lot of a lot of uh, subcultures or whatever you'd say you could say this about where it's just like you guys have a lot in common. You really should probably just get along because then you look you look at something. So like how big it really is in the 80s, Hulk Hogan, what you would think that put out a movie. And even if it wasn't a smash hit, it would be like kind of a hit it would like win its weekend or it would make its fucking little budget back or something but it like do it was a dud it was just i mean and the fact that it's a, if it's a good movie that might have helped you know but uh it just kind of just shows like how bad it was yeah just like i don't know because like now yeah uh hulk hogan he was like mr t we were mentioning him or just like these people that were just like fame in the eighties was a little different. You got a serial, you got a cartoon, you got fucking like, you know, you were, you were just like super, super famous. Yeah. You were more of like, you know, you were like Fred Flintstone or, you know, a movie character. Like yeah. you were Larger not, than as, life. not as accessible as, as they are now. You got to just make an album. The Ninja Turtles would just go on tour. Like, fuck yeah. it. They do concerts now where they play songs because they're famous. It must have been and so much just, more fun to be famous back then. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, and the quick note before we move move on. To, I won't also, I won't also, yeah. But, oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, the movie was scored by Jim Johnson. Yeah. And uh, that, we both stared at each other when that credit came up because that is the guy who makes, uh, he's, he's not there anymore, but he used to make the entrance music for WWE wrestlers. In-house guy. So a like lot a of the big ones. Undertaker, Stone Cold, Mankind. All the ones like made oh. probably for the, from the late nine, late eighties to the mid two thousand. So, so, so many of them. And so then um, I, I didn't really end up noticing too much of the score during the film no. itself. But during the end, there's a fucking banger title track called No Holds Barred where they're oh, actually guys. singing No Holds Barred. And that was on the end, the one song song that Jim Johnstone, it's like, I don't know who's part of the idea. What was that Vince going? Okay, but you got to write the song. Or was that Jim going? Okay, but I want to write a song called No Holds Barred. <laughs> you know, where it's actually like the title track kind of buried at the end of the movie, but it very much is a title track to a movie from 1989. <laughs> And the other thing I want to say too, just before I forget, we we're talking about the this lack of difference between Rip and Hulk Hogan, and also Hulk Hogan and likable movie characters is like, as much as it's easy to knock it, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is so cool. He goes into a room, he throws a knife at a guy, and he sticks in the wall, and he says, "Stick around," and you're like, "Okay, all right, mm-hmm. there's a guy in here." 
Hulk Hogan rip, excuse me, the most like anything like that, like personality we get aside from him again, just like staring at women from four feet away like a fucking dog. Uh, <laughs> it's just him like he like growls at people when other people are saying things, quippy little, even if it doesn't have to be a joke like Arnold, it could be some Jason Statham or Clint Eastwood could just be like, eh, yes, fuck off. And right, that'd be, right. you know, not like, but, not like growls in brackets before the line, but no, just like just all going, he's doing uh, is growling. Uh, 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 <laughs> like when, when, when screenwriters would give an actor dialogue and all these people would contribute to give you as a viewer something to watch and listen to, there's just grown men growling, <laughs> a grown man growling making a million dollars to do it <laughs> oh god that's so depressing so there's just nothing here <laughs> it, it did have promising open this movie um it, it ultimately it, it made 16 million dollars in the box oh, office okay. uh which it so it was still technically a bomb because it didn't make its money back yeah but um it's opening weekend. It was number two behind Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Tough, tough to beat that. And this might be a good segue into talking about weird Hulk Hogan things because uh, <laughs> yeah, here's one. Here's a here's one. <laughs> Hulk notes in his memoir that in the second week, uh, No Holds Barred was out. It finished ahead of Ghostbusters two. It made more money. You're telling me that in the second week of its release, No Holds Barred made more money than Ghostbusters two. That is correct. How is that possible? Because Ghostbusters 2 wasn't out yet. <laughs> it came out the next week. Yeah, it came week out the so. following week. <laughs> and That's just, man, isn't that just... And, and look, whether he's misinformed or just stupid or whatever, but isn't it just a little bit just like... That's just like, man, those wrestlers are just always working. They're always just finding the angle. They're always selling it to you, you know? Like, well, yeah. you know, it's interesting. It made more money than Ghostbusters 2. Like, that's fucking crazy. Cheers, man. Yeah, you're always hearing that, like, <laughs> when, when WWE... During their shows, they'll, they'll announce like some attendance record. Turns out those numbers are like bullshit all the time. Yeah. They just make shit up all constantly. Yeah, it's incredible. Great. And they gave it a real specific number. Yeah, ten thousand right. five hundred and seventy-nine people. Yeah. Wow. So, um, if you find these as amusing as as we do, there are dozens and dozens of of resources you can you can find more complete lists of Hulk Hogan's yeah, weird lies yeah. over the years. Well, well, well documented, well sourced. I mean, just his book, his appearances, they're not, <laughs> you know, he's just a, yeah, this, uh, um, this selection, I can't, uh, was, uh, a few things I, I jotted down by way of the Jim Cornette podcast, whatever, or Jim Cornette experience just for the credit's sake. But, um, so, and a lot, a lot of wrestlers have said something, something about, Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky's movie, The Wrestler. It broke a lot of their brains. Yeah. I remember that when it came out. Like, Everybody yeah. thought it was about them, and they didn't just understand that he did a lot of research and sort of created a, a entirely new character that is just an amalgamation of all of these different famous figures. Yeah. So It's like the trope or whatever you'd say, the mm-hmm. the, the saga that the happened, ar- the, the, the thing yeah. that befell so many, uh, these, these familiar beats, you know, then it's mm-hmm. like... Because, yeah, it's like, you know, you, you watch a documentary about almost any wrestler and there's a part where they're fucked up on drugs. There's a part where they take a booking that's less glamorous than maybe the heyday. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But. So uh, Hulk Hogan <laughs> claimed that D- Darren Aronofsky offered him the lead role in The Wrestler three times. Three times. Hulk says he turned it down because he didn't deserve it. Darren Aronofsky <laughs> categorically denies that Hogan was ever considered for the that role. That shit's so funny. I love that. He's made himself, not only was he offering, like, even if you were like, I almost got the part, that would be one kind of lie you could tell. 
I was considered. I I auditioned. You know, I was in the running. I almost got that part. And then it's like a hard thing to prove. Conversations happened or whatever. But he's like three times. I said, no, brother. I don't deserve it. <laughs> it's just like I had too much honor. And I just love the idea that it's supposed to be believable that Darren Aronofsky would rather have Hulk Hogan act in some scenes than have Mickey Rourke learn to wrestle for some scenes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like not to make light. Like it's a, He did a tremendous amount of work, but just like. Yeah, there's a ton of acting in that movie. You got scenes with Marissa Tomei and uh, Evan uh, Rachel Wood, and it's like, it's a, it's a showcase. It's a heavy of, movie. It's a it's a heavy movie. Hulk Hogan would have been dog shit in there. Of course, I'm of an course. old broken down piece of meat. You're my daughter, and I'm your father. <laughs> I just, I'd picture he had a hand in the dialogue too once he got involved, and so everything was really on the nose. Let me tell you something, Todd Berry. <laughs> Can't do a Hulk Hogan. Uh, speaking of Hulk starring in movies. Hulk also, uh, so he starred in the movies Mr. Nanny and Santa with Muscles, of course. Mm-hmm. He claims. Love, you know what? I, I just, you just know what those movies are already, just hearing those titles. Of course. I love it. That's that's good marketing for you. Santa with Muscles. <laughs> Hulk claims he rewrote, he rewrote both scripts entirely, only to have his writing credit stolen from him by the Dastardly Writers Guild. Um, he says that the only reason he didn't get the George Foreman grill is because he was picking up his kids and he missed a phone call. Right? Something like that. <laughs> they needed, they needed the deal done and they had a list of people and it was like, Nope. Foreman call George. Like you want to wait 20 minutes? No, That's amazing. we got to get this on the shelves. It's crazy too, because does Hulk Hogan, no, here's with the, sorry to back up on the script thing. Does Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, like, it's one thing if you, like, had some ideas or some lines, but does Hulk Hogan allege he typed interior, we fade in on a, on a you know, a mother talking to her son on Christmas Eve? Like, he sat down and typed two entire new scripts for movies, Mr. Hulk Hogan, and and the Writers Guild of, were like, of all people, fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah, they were just okay. keeping him down. Just trying to keep up. Player hating. Uh, this is probably our favorite one. Um and so maybe you can help me piece this together. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's claimed that he he's wrestled 400 days a year because international flights to Japan, how you when you fly over there, you like gain or lose a day, whatever that is. Like time travel. So time it's zones. Like, so he's saying like, oh, on this Tuesday, I wrestled in Japan and then flew to the U.S. and wrestled there too but it's still tuesday so that's 400 days a year it's not possible it's not possible is he like it's possible to wrestle 400 times in a year that's not what he said right right. no just to reiterate that is not what he said he says he's insane he's out of his mind it's like uh he heard that beatles song eight days a week and uh yeah right he took it literally it was like yep um and he at this point, I'm not even sure if it's true that he was a musician, but he's he claimed that both Metallica and the Rolling Stones asked him to be their bass player. Yeah, that's amazing. The The most convincing thing I've seen as far as him being a musician is there's a music video where he very unconvincingly mm-hmm. air guitar, not even air, he's holding a Telecaster. He's, you know, but he's like lips or whatever. When you play, make a music video, very unconvincingly doing because the song goes, dun, 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 and he's strumming his hand way too fast. It's like he doesn't even play a convincing music video guitar, but he would have me believe that he, before they went with uh, Jason Newstead, Metallica almost put Terry, uh, what's his name? Bollea. Bollea 
almost played bass on the Black Album. And then I didn't write this one down, but it is just another really weird one about how uh, he was. It was him, Michael Jackson, and, and Mr. T all uh, at some Make a Wish event in uh, at Wembley in London. But it was like a day that he wasn't in London, and there's, uh, no, there's no pictures of this or anything. So he's just he's even lying about kids with cancer. He'll just talk. He just says things. Yeah, he just says things and. It, certain people, uh, uh, maybe with certain levels of fame and or delusion or money, whatever the fuck it is, I guess just like that's you you do that for so long, like you're not just gonna stop doing it now, right? Like, yeah, like, uh, I, I don't even know if he <laughs> remembers that he says any of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the obvious remark here would point out the whole like uh, a lot of a lot of head potential uh, stuff to the the old noggin there, maybe. Maybe sure. he thinks he, you know, like maybe he really thinks he talks. Maybe maybe he got a prank call from someone pretending to be Darren Aronofsky. So Hulk Hogan thinks that this all happened to him or something. I don't I don't know. It's not my place to really allege anything. It's I'm a just, bit of the George Costanza thing. It's not a lie if you believe. That's it. right. That's right. And he to just to just sit around and pontificate about 400 days a year. And I was almost in Metallica. It's crazy, especially because. You know, maybe, maybe do you think Hulk Hogan misses being as famous as he was? And so it's a little bit of that. Completely. Like, yeah, I guess I never really thought about that because he's still known. He got to do like that Hogan Knows Best show. He gets to go to WWE and say hi at WrestleMania and be kind of out there, kind of famous, but he's not like. And he, he was recently disgraced like for a number right. of years. And it's like the, uh, the right. moratorium, however that works, like it's like he's testing the water, so he's doing more interviews. Yeah, he right. Is you know like putting and doing media rounds. Of course, like he was always going to come back to wrestling first, and again come say hey, welcome to WrestleMania, and get a mixed reaction from people because of the uh, let's be you know clear the horrible racist things that he was got on on, on a hot mic saying uh, yeah. you know on a. If if it stuck around after the credits on his sex tape, he said some pretty wild things, is my understanding. Yeah, if you ever think we're being too harsh on Hulk Hogan, uh, just keep in mind that he's uh, he's a shithead, mm-hmm. total shithead in every every possible way. And not just because his movie sucked, right? But hey, man, your movie really sucked, Terry. It really did, Terry. You're fucking. You're so bad at acting. Rip. Oh, oh. By the way, this movie is. <laughs> I know that you're probably dying to see it by now, but uh, it is available on Tubi right now. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, because I, I, this is one I had said earlier. I pitched is a strong word. I, I wouldn't even say I pitched this, but I was just saying, you know, that movie, No Holds Barred, probably really sucks. Uh, and it's like, uh, then uh, it was maybe put on the back burner for a minute, but then it was it's on Tubi now, so it's accessible. So I wasn't going to, like, lobby to spend three bucks or even find a way to watch it, but it's it's accessible right now. So if this is up your alley, you can watch it for free on Tubi. Tubi rules. <laughs> um, they have a great selection, honestly, like just kind of the deepest bench of, of movies. Uh, that's how I finally saw all of the Decline of Western Civilization uh, installments, the Pen- Penelope Spheris documentaries. Um, part two is really, really good. Anyway, Tubi which? rules. And it does have, it's free with ads. Also, we just found American Movie on it again, which is really cool. Really but great, yeah. It does have ads, but I think it's the most reasonable amount of ads of, of all of the free platforms. It's the thing where you're watching a movie and, and the, the chunks of the movie are long enough and an ad comes up. And of course, it's always a little bit like, oh, but you go, oh, I kind of forgot about the ads. As opposed to like over and over again, it's happening. Um, You oh. mentioned the decline of Western civilization movies directed by... Penelope Spears. Who also directed... Wayne's World 2. Which featured maybe the best actor in this movie. Ah, right. Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller is, ah. uh, 
really good in this. He's the guy in Wayne's World. I always think of him as Wayne's World as the guy. He says, my guys, you're my guys. Uh, Not. But <laughs> he's the uh, he's Brell, the big studio exec. And he's really good. He has really bad dialogue, but it's fun to watch him stomp around the boardroom and yell at all the underling producers about, I am a TV producer and the ratings are low and we need to get more better things on the TV. And like, again, the dialogue sucks, but so, he just has a fun presence, you know. When I took over this network some months ago, I vowed to take it to the top. Now I find that every time this jockass decides to strip down to his sweet nothings and wallow around with some sweat hog, we eat it. This is, uh, this is probably a good time to bring this up. He, uh, he does not pull any punches these days about how he feels about uh, No Holds Barred as a, as a finished product. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, from an, uh, this is from an interview he did with the AV Club. At one point, I said, I said to the director, you know, I'm being really loud. Is this too big? And he said, Kurt, you're standing next to a guy who's six foot nine and wearing red spandex. You can't be too big. <laughs> and uh, he said, there are some movies you can't... <laughs> There are some movies you can't get off of IMDb, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> oh, That's Kurt. all I'm going to say. Kurt. Uh, Kurt's good, though, man. He's being funny, but his IMDb is so long. Yeah. If you're singling out No Holds Barred on his, you you really have. You really must be Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's great in there. <laughs> so that being funny. said, he is like playing to the rafters. Oh, by yeah. the way, before we get too uh, far away from this, a, a few minutes ago when we were talking about Jim Johnston. I think I said his name wrong. I said Jim Johnson. You heard me, didn't want to correct me, but then you overcompensated <laughs> by saying Jim John Stone. Yeah. So I just want to I just want to yeah. clarify that we do know that it's Jim Johnston. Jim Johnston. And I apologize for any uh any inconvenience this has caused. I appreciate all the credit you gave me. I really just think I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think I knew. <laughs> well, whatever. But we hey, no, there. we just we got our affairs in order. I appreciate that. So uh how did this come to be? We we talked about 88 Hulk being at the height of his popularity. And you mentioned that he was in Rocky three um, as Thunderlips. Thunderlips. It's a weird um, like Rocky goes and fights a wrestler. It's like a, a thing where, you know, he's he's throwing Rocky around. Mm-hmm. He throws him out of the ring and shit like that. But it's not it's it's. You know, again, it's a movie that treats pro wrestling like as real and Rocky gets, I don't know who's booking him, but tough. It's tough. Yeah. So it it maybe felt like a a natural progression at the time. If it would have worked out, it wouldn't have been the weirdest thing. But um, so Hulk dropped the championship belt for the first time in four years uh, to Randy Savage, Macho Man Randy Savage, so that he, he could go star in a big Hollywood movie and Vince McMahon uh, agreed to finance it, and they collaborated as exec- executive producers. Um, they hired Dennis Hacken, a man who allegedly worked with Clint Eastwood, but I'm not convinced he's a real person, uh, to write the script. So Hulk and Vince were not thrilled with, with what Hacken turned in. So they locked themselves in a hotel room for 72 hours straight to give it an extensive polish. But uh, So there you go. Yeah, so... As as we were watching the movie, I just kept saying like they definitely wrote this. It just, like they just, yeah, yeah. Re- rewrote it, whatever. Like this has them all over it. 
there is a certain kind of uh of course when you think of wwe wwf it's uh it's it's wrestling and it's campiness and stuff but if you really uh if you if, if you've really studied it you know there's an affinity for toilet humor and things like that sometimes and that comes yeah. from vince mcmahon and Absolutely. like hey look i love a sophomoric juvenile whatever you want to say a, a well done gross out joke can be right up my alley i am not too cool for school when it comes to that stuff but this is like when i say toilet humor I mean, like guys shooting their pants and and uh, disgusting dive bar bathrooms with uh, overflowing troughs and and just like played and just like isn't this the funniest shit you've ever seen? Kind of, it's just not. At one point, Hulk is like, uh, after he refuses the evil TV boss's um, no way, proposition, then like it's like a. He cops in a limo to take him home, and then it takes him actually to a to a parking a garage full of goons. <laughs> and then the limo driver, you know, watches everybody get their ass kicked by by Rip, yep. and then and then Rip goes up to the driver, and he's all he's so scared that he shits his pants, and Hulk Hogan grabs him by like by the shirt and says, "What's that smell?" <laughs> and the guy says. The guy says Dookie, yeah. and that's a line in the movie. He says it like he's in tears, like he's bursting into tears. It's a grown man saying the word Dookie, yeah. and I can, I just hear that, I see that, and I can just picture Vince McMahon cackling. Yeah, yeah, that's our seventy in the hotel where they haven't slept, and <laughs> Hogan just pounding fucking protein shakes or whatever the hell, cocaine line, cocaine line protein shakes. <laughs> then. Nature's nature's. And then he'll shit him. So and then it's like honestly, I appreciated the movie because all that action happened that you described, and they show the guy's wet ass, and because it's really wet, I said to Taylor, I was like, "Is that shit or piss?" And then luckily the movie goes on for another minute, and Hulk Hogan, we clarify, what is it? He tells us, "It's what's that smell?" We really are just in there. And that's to say nothing of that excruciating bathroom scene I mentioned. It's just. Yeah. It's just a, a lot. But then, so it's also. It's the a lot of so it's stuff. the toilet humor movie. But then, inexplicably, there's like totally just. They do a, a gag from the movie It Happened One Night, where uh, Hulk and, and the lady have to share a hotel room, the oh. same hotel room, but they don't, they don't know each other like that. So they pin a sheet up. Yeah. Uh, to divide the bed in half and the whole room in half. So yeah. it's absolutely, they're just doing it happened one night yeah. with a twist. Uh, oh I guess the God. twist is that he's in his undies and doing push ups or whatever. Yeah. Is it? So then she wakes up and the bed's rocking and he's like doing push ups with his feet up on the bed. But like they make it sound like, like, they're like they're not they, they make it seem like he's beat, beaten off, by it. the way. Yeah. So yeah. I really, I do not know who this movie is for except for it. They say that wrestling WWE is booked for an audience of one, the one being being Vince McMahon, and that <laughs> yeah. is exactly what's happening here. Because it's a thing, you know. Of course, they're idiots, but there's something about Vince McMahon, especially like you know, credit where it's due. He's done a lot of television, and there's a certain kind of storytelling that, of course, uh, it's it's uh, you know not not always to the fans' as liking, but there's a history there of like a certain kind of storytelling that. He, probably has a better grasp on than most people I would say. Right. And, and it's this different thing where you're always trying to build a fight and it's every week. And it's also leading up to these things. It ain't screenwriting. So to lock yourself in a hotel room, mm -hmm. we all have seen movies. We all think we can do a movie, but 
it really just reeks of like there's an overconfidence there. Like I said, just like isn't this fucking funny? The guy shit his pants, dude. Look at he shit his pants. This loser shit his pants, and now we're gonna make him fucking sit in it. You know, like it's just, this is crazy. <laughs> so apparently they they were able to breeze through it in those seventy two hours, but the only thing they they got tripped up on was the ending. And uh, as we've covered, anything from Hulk's perspective is. Uh, Dubious. Yes, at Take best. it with a grain of salt. Yeah, so, but anyway, this is from his, his memoir. No matter how hard we worked on the ending, we couldn't get it right. So I told Vince, the hell with it. I've got to go to the can. I was so tired that as soon as my ass hit the seat, <laughs> I'm sorry. my eyes closed and I started daydreaming. And in my daydream, the whole fight scene was playing itself out. And you know what? It was great. So he, he so his ass hit the seat. His pants were down around his ankles. And we have the toilet to thank for this movie's ending. Mm-hmm. It's all toilets. It always has been. Better out than in. <laughs> it's just. They say. You know. Um, that's, that's how you, if you're ever stuck on your screenplay, do the Hulk Hogan method. Stay up. Get sleepy. Go try to take a crap. And you're home free. So what does he mean? Like the end, like. I guess, you know, I'm sure you don't know specifically what he meant, but I just mean the ending, obviously the whole movie is leading up to them fighting. Mm-hmm. And the ending is they just kind of fight and they kind of end up in the producer's booth where where, where Brell is. I'm guessing it was like the beats of the like fight. Like that, yeah. Okay. And they were just stuck on it. They couldn't figure out how to be like, they couldn't write a big fight scene at the end. Or, like, don't you guys produce a lot of matches? This is like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, but yeah, Hulk Hogan's like, matches are bad. He's not a good wrestler. The only, yeah. like, he has the most boring moveset on earth. That's the, the, thing, the yeah. leg drop and a boot. They run into my boot. You run at me and I'll hold my boot up. That that boot move is the ultimate test. So obviously so much of wrestling. If you ever talk about something that needs suspension of disbelief, wrestling is bar none, probably the top thing. Of course. And nothing tests the uh the logic of the ropes more than I'm gonna throw you off those ropes and, and your your momentum will be as such that you're gonna you're just gonna knock yourself out of my foot coming back the other way. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stand here. I'm gonna be standing here. You're going to run into my foot. I mean, I, you know, not to state the obvious, but that's just amusing to me. Oh, by the way, I should say um, that a lot of this info is coming from a an article I found on Medium by Kevin Cecil. Uh, What's that smell? A history of no holds barred. Hey, okay. Which is a pretty, pretty extensive uh, write up of it. So Thanks, Kevin. Shout out um, to that. Uh, so I don't know if I believe that Hulk Hogan is 6'7". Do you believe that? No, just because if that's what he says, I'm sure it's not. I don't, you know, I, I, I could I could also just picture other people in my head or, and things like that. But just I'm just going to assume he's going to spot himself a little bit. I yeah. He's probably 6'4". Yeah, but... Uh, I'm not basing that on anything, but I, I bet he's 6'4". So it says... You son of a bitch. They needed to cast someone who could look intimidating next to him. Yeah. So, uh, Tiny Lister, who... Uh, was six five, uh, and he had a scarred eye from being born with a detached retina. Mm. Uh, was was pretty much the person that that fit the bill. Um, he had, or he's considered this, I guess, to be his like his his big break. Even though he had done a few things here and there before him. Yeah. Um, but I guess what made him stand out, and what I thought was interesting, is that oh, he auditioned yeah. for the role in character. Um, he has a really distinct hairdo in this in this movie. He's all bald except for the letter Z on the side of his head. His left in hair. It's like the opposite of shaving it in. Yeah. It's like negative the Z space. is left. Negative space. Yeah. I said it when I was, that's the toughest guy I've ever seen that has to get his hair cut every day. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> he just like learned how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, uh, he auditioned for the role in character, shaved a Z in his head, and got Zeus shoes with lifts in them so he'd look taller than Hulk. Ah, and yes. just before going into his audition, he did push-ups and lathered himself up in baby oh, oil to get all glistening and. He intense. got all pumped up. Yeah, you know it is. It is. So if I'm going to give credit to anything in this movie, I try to. You know, when we watch a real shit fest, I don't want to be a too cynical person. I think Kurt Fuller is really fun. I was trying to really make sure I gave him his proper. That other wormy guy too. Oh, David Paymer is one of my favorite actors in the world. He's great. Mm-hmm. I love David Paymer. He's really fun. Again, in in the so yeah, I like him from like Get Shorty and Drag Me to Hell and Oceans. That he just house he, arrest. House arrest. He's been in so many so many things. Um, but um. Uh, but really just cause I've known the guy for so long and tiny lister, uh, I, I know him most from Friday is what I think yeah. of him as the big intimidating guy in uh Friday, but there's a, he's been in a ton of Little stuff. Little Nicky too? I think maybe. Is he one of the brothers? I think so. Yeah. I think the Dark Knight, he's the guy and he's, oh, yeah, he's yeah, a prisoner yeah. on the boat and stuff like that. He gets sadly, all intense. And sadly, we lost him a couple years ago. Yeah, Our research uh, uh, reminded us. Yeah. But, um, December 2020. you know, so anyways, he's a presence and it is like the movie did do a good job of like, it's one of these parts that's like, we need this big, scary motherfucker. And then they give you this guy that you've never seen, you know, but he's just, he is just such a presence that it really, that is a pretty cool part of the movie, to be honest. He's like, way more believable than Hulk Hogan, yeah, yeah. which is absurd yeah. because he's not a pro wrestler, but he's just like, he just carries this intensity yeah. and he's just more interesting, inherently interesting to watch. Yeah. He's got a real, you know, he can do do a little small. And then it's like that versus like Hulk Hogan sounds like he's trying to impersonate a dog and growl and it's just not convincing. It's so stupid. It might work. It's it's funny because we'll get into it, but like as wrestlers, you know, Hulk Hogan was his, his better, but like, well, we're on the movie screen here, pal. And it ain't looking great for the Hulkster, the mm-hmm. Ripster. So uh, as we know, he got the part and he he seems he seemed to have only nice things to say about about his time on the film, except for this one thing. Um, he and Hulk developed a safe word for when they were they were fighting, um, which was like, more like a safe phrase, I guess. Free James Brown. <laughs> Hogan, according to Hogan, uh he says, we both loved James Brown's music, so if he was choking me too tight, or I was choking him too tight, we'd say, free James Brown. But Hulk still managed to break Lister's nose during the filming of the final match. But Lister, nose broken and bleeding, looked up and asked Hulk, what about James Brown? <laughs> oh. Oh. Poor, poor uh, tiny Lister was not the, fir- not the only one to be, be f- actually physically harmed by Hulk during the filming of this movie. Um, Kurt Fuller, uh, he, he, he says he literally thought he was going to die. Mm. <laughs> uh, there's this, this is a quote, uh, from that same interview with the AV club. There was a scene where Hulk is supposed to shove a check down my throat, but nobody told him that on movies you fake it in wrestling. They really do a lot of the stuff, but he shoved a check down my throat and I couldn't stop him. I literally thought I was going to die. We finished the scene and I coughed it up and he said, Oh, sorry, brother. I didn't know we were supposed to fake it. <laughs> I thought you were going to be eating fake checks all morning. I, sorry, I don't have a very good Hulk Hogan Neither voice. Neither do I. I thought I would, you know, I'm trying my best. It's like, you know, everyone else does. Why should we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, art did eventually intimidate life. Uh, just a few months after the movie came out, it, they turned it into a real wrestling angle. Yeah. Now this I kind of remember. Um, yeah. So 
it culminated, the whole thing culminated with a pay-per-view uh, on December 27th, 1989. No Holds Barred was the name of the pay-per-view. It consisted of uh, interviews with, like, kayfabe or, or non-storyline interviews with... Um, with his co-stars, except for mm. Tiny Lister, who was in character, mm-hmm. and he kept playing up his jealousy, uh, saying that he should have had top top billing over Hogan. But this was all in the interest of building this. That's match. fun. That's pretty fun. I know that's really fun. And uh, also uh, in the uh, so the the pay per view was these interviews um, interviews with other WWE or WWF wrestlers uh, like Macho Man. We found one. We found his, mm-hmm. and it was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see him and Sensational Sherry coming out of the movie theater. It's just funny to see them, you know, talking about movies at some Cineplex. Like, yeah, coming out of the yeah. What do you think, Sherry? <laughs> um, you know, she wanted to see something else, and Macho Man said no way. <laughs> and then the mo- the movie uh, itself, of course, and then a pre recorded steel cage match. It was Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Versus Zeus and Macho Man. So two on two. So uh, rewinding back to the summer of 1989, Lister had made several appearances on WWF events and uh, like cutting promos again on on Hogan, talking about how he should have been top billed in the holds barred. <laughs> and, you can make that argument too. Uh, and a couple of times he he appeared at live events to confront him to confront Hulk Hogan and demand a match. Mm-hmm. So uh, at that same time, Hulk had reclaimed his championship at that point. So he was feuding with Macho Man. Mm -hmm. And then um, they had a a big tag match of the four of them on Survivor Series 1989, which we're coming up on Survivor Series 2023. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And then the... The end of their feud, the big pre-recorded match, was taped December 12th, 1989. Uh, Hogan and Beefcake beat Savage and Zeus in less than 10 minutes. Um, and I just thought it was funny that uh, Hulk Hogan did not one, not two, but three leg drop, <laughs> drops on Zeus and pinned him for the win. You know, he's got to turn it up. You got to turn it up drops. sometimes. Oh, also kind of funny. Uh, interesting to note, Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura were on commentary for that match. So it's kind of weird the way that that tracks with the movie where it's like the obvious thing is like the logic is kind of like, I mean, it's not that confusing, but it's just funny to think about. You could see where it might be confusing for a kid or something where it is just like not even confusing. It's disorienting. Let's say Zeus is fighting Rip. So Zeus is real, but Hulk Hogan is Rip. And then Zeus comes out to WWF and now he is fighting Hulk Hogan. So it's like, so Zeus was playing himself, but Hulk Hogan wasn't playing himself. It's really confusing. I don't understand how that works. And another another reason why I wonder, why didn't he just play Hulk Hogan? Why could Yeah, why couldn't? Well, yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Um, oh, a couple of things that we just thought were funny about the movie. They kept using a word I'd never heard before. And in fact, yeah. we heard it and then we re- rewound, put on subtitles and played it again just to make sure we were hearing it correctly. Right, before- before, it's really, it really upsets the dogs. <laughs> it's upset all of us. Yeah. Before we knew it was going to be up and down the movie, it's yeah, it's so funny. The first time we thought it was necessary to check it. The word is jock ass. Jock hyphen ass. Said by Kirk Fuller as an insult. Hey, jock ass. Yeah. Whatever. Which one are you this jock, jock ass? Yeah. And so you hear it once and you're like, 
did they say jackass, but he said it weird? Yeah. Jockass. Mm-hmm. And so then when it gets said a second time, we look at each other going, jockass, 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 jockass. Fast forward uh, to the end of the movie, and we stand at a total jockass count of four. Four. Which is four more than I thought I'd ever hear. Four more than we ever have had on that feature of the show, the jockass counter, which I always wondered about, but I'm starting to be grateful we have it. Mm-hmm. Hey, where are you going? I'm leaving, Mr. Pearl. Wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. You're not going anywhere until you and I come to an agreement. Watch me. Are you trying to tell me my money's not good enough for you? I find that a little hard to swallow, you jockass! <laughs> jockass. Also, when uh, when when the TV boss character is first starting to uh, starting up his battle of the tough guys tournament, and he's trying to lure uh, tough guys, I guess, into tough coming guys. to fight, uh, he's <laughs> offering prize money, and he keeps saying that it's tax free, ten thousand dollars tax free, tax free over and over. They're advertising it. You wouldn't. That's you can't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. You should either say that, you know, hey, behind closed doors, by the way, whatever, whatever. Here's your sack of uh, unmarked bills or whatever. You're just signing people up for an audit. Yeah, right. The competition will be open to any red-blooded American man who's got the guts to get into the ring and find out just how tough he is. The winner will receive $100,000 tax-free. I'm, I'm glad you said the battle of the tough guys too. I wanted to say that before uh, before we're done. That when, the first time he said that when he announces his because like Burrell's trying to put on wrestling. He doesn't. He's trying to sign a wrestler. He doesn't even have wrestling on his channel yet. So when he starts his thing, it's called like the battle of the tough guys. And you hear like that's the name, but much like Rip and Burrell, much much like Jockass, it upsets <laughs> the dog as well. But it's just so like half-assed. And then later, so he says it once on the mic, and then later when you see him taping the show or whatever you see it in big lights and big neon lights and it's like man someone had to make this extra big neon sign that says the battle of the tough guys when they could have just said like you know made up some fake wrestling federation or well, how anything. about no holds barred <laughs> right a phrase which i don't believe is said in the movie no right? it's not said in the movie it's not said in the movie once another inexplicable thing that that we see there's and, not a lot of submission holds though it's mostly just guys whacking each other that being said why isn't it just called battle of the tough guys battle of the tough guys as a movie yeah, if it was good enough for this stupid bullshit, then why can't it be the title? Yeah, No Holds Barred as as a title is one of the best things about the film No Holds Barred. It's like it's a it's a it's a provocative, intriguing kind of title, and the poster always captive you know intrigued me as a kid because it, it, it does look huge. And I think I hadn't seen either of them for for a point in my life, so I used to sort of conflate or at least assume. That this movie and Demolition Man were about the same thing. Oh, because oh, the they're posters completely look a little, not, but a right. Similar. Yeah, that's interesting. But uh, I will say Demolition Man is, is a good movie. Yeah, it is. A, is. There's a lot more going on than this jackass bullshit. Yeah, very, very much, very much the <laughs> like, wrong assumption on my part. It's we had fun watching it, but boy, there's whole stretches that are rough. There's whole we we you uh, there's whole stretches. Hulk Hogan's not in the movie, and it it kind of reminded me of. Watching Street Fighter with Jean Claude Van Damme, yeah. and how although he w- they cut around him because he just simply did not come to set and he, he was, was too supposed fucked to. up. Uh, he was and, out partying. And it, it does seem like they cut around Hulk Hogan because he's just dog shit as an actor. And yeah. and oh, I know we, oh, yeah. you mentioned it, but there really is like a whole aside where uh, the, the like two kind of underlings mm. of the 
network executive, um, David Paymer and that other guy. Yeah. They they go to the bathroom at like they're at some dive bar, right? They're scouting the, this, yeah. this like you know, find bar brawlers. And uh, it's like a super gross place, and so they they go to the bathroom, and you might think like, oh, the uh, the scene will pause here, and then we won't see these characters for a while, yeah. you know. Yeah. But they <laughs> they totally just we just go with them to the bathroom, and they have a whole misadventure in the bathroom for yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, a guy harasses them, and like, is he a dog he, barking in there? Does he like? Does he make fun of the size of their penises? Yes, and and, and should, should maybe show them his and yeah. and, and just. One trough is entirely full of urine, and he makes him go use a different. Why do so many things? Why does the bathroom? Why do I remember so much about the bathroom scene in No Holds Barred? Because it was the, like the, the only part that had actors in it up and down the thing. Probably. Does, yeah, there is that, and it's just it's inexplicably long. It's like it's just very bizarre. There's just like other things that they should be they should be moving along in your in your fight movie. Then again. Not the protagonist, not the antagonist, not the guy who has hired the antagonist. A couple of guys that work for the bad guy are in a bathroom. Side characters, <laughs> side side characters, scouting talent are using the bathroom. It's like, oh, we got the ba- we got the the assistant DLC of this game. Yeah, just and completely it's just, side content. And it's, yeah, but we we so we we covered how odd Hulk Hogan is, and we made reference to Vince McMahon being a total weirdo. But just in case you guys like don't really any, anybody listening doesn't have the most familiarity with with Vince McMahon and, and WWE, um, he's just he's known for having a lot of very strange rules. I will say that as of now, he's uh, he's not in in charge of the company anymore. They they sold uh, doesn't belong to any McMahon. But before that, he had been ousted because he was under investigation having to do with undisclosed payments made. With company money uh, to pay off various female employees for untoward sex pesty reasons, and uh, and then he 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 literally did a hostile takeover to get himself back on the board of directors and reinstated him, reinstated himself. He fucking grew a bad guy mustache and said, "Watch this." Yeah, he does have a mustache now. It's really it's really quite bizarre. If you've not seen it, I would recommend to Google. But um, it's like a cartoon evil twin version of himself. It's like he just has like really really odd idiosyncrasies, like. He didn't like the word belt, like champ- as in championship belt. He wanted to ca- call it a title. Don't mm, say belt, say title. title. Um, he doesn't like it when people sneeze because uh, he thinks to sneeze is to show that you have lack of self-control. <laughs> he doesn't like it um, when you call a hamburger a hamburger, right? He calls it something else. I don't know. Or well, whatever. <laughs> there's, and then there's also just like his creative ideas, his his sensibilities, Anytime you see a wrestler doing something very stupid, it's like, oh, I know where that idea came from. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, Roman Reigns is feeding this guy dog food or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. They were throwing dog. They put dog food on him or something. Because he was, he said he was the big dog all the time. Uh, and they're like, well, if you're such a big dog. And then uh, they handcuffed him to the thing and put dog food on him. So just, but you could see, you could picture him laughing when he wrote that, you oh, know. Completely. Like, yeah, yeah. And he, this is what it looks like when he's unchecked because thankfully some of his more off the wall ideas don't always make it, didn't always make it to air uh, because people refused to do them. In 2003, his daughter, his daughter, Stephanie McMahon became pregnant in real life with uh, Triple H. They're married in real life and she came pregnant with their first child. 
and Vince decided he wanted to turn it into a storyline, which makes sense. You see that kind of thing. People turn like pregnancies or marriages into into storylines, even deaths sometimes, which is uh, always, you know, tricky. Mm-hmm. But um, he he wanted it to be revealed eventually that somebody else was the real father of Stephanie's baby, and he wanted that to be himself. <laughs> he wanted it to be revealed that he is the father of Stephanie, his daughter's child. And Stephanie refused. So then he followed up. His next pitch was, okay, what about your brother Shane McMahon? Yeah. And then they both refused. <laughs> so he's a, that's it's just a good idea. Of this is on one. the show where people wrestle each other, by the way. Yeah. Just how uncreative he is and like his weird fixations on these really odd things. Mm-hmm. Just like the things he finds funny or whatever. I think that's like uh, the ultimate, why this movie ultimately sucks is that it was just like, I guess, probably like drastically, harshly rewritten in a hotel room by two like, Relatively uncreative people. Uh, and something that I was thinking about, too, uh, that I never made this connection. This might be so obvious. People might have been thinking this their whole lives. But Hulk Hogan, he was so popular. We spoke of it. The wave of his popularity was referenced often as Hulkamania. And the big wrestling event in WWF every year was WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So, like, their only idea, not their only idea, but, like, you know, like, their big idea was just slap mania on a thing. Anyway, that just, it just kind of just... uh I don't know. The well was never that deep, maybe. Right. And so to write a feature length script and think you could compete with the Rockies and the fucking whatever else is of of 1989 to say nothing of Indiana Jones and Ghostbusters 2 wasn't going to happen. Didn't work for me, brother. It does make me wonder. What comes first? Hulkamania or WrestleMania? Does Hulkamania... Does untreated Hulkamania turn into WrestleMania, yeah. or does untreated WrestleMania turn into Hulkamania? I bet, I bet Hulkamania, I bet Hulk Hogan had Hulkamania, and he wrestled so many guys that the resulting outbreak was WrestleMania. Oh, he's patient zero. He's patient zero. You know. Wow. This is remember this eighty nine. No one had been vaccinated for WrestleMania yet. Sure. <laughs> I should have said Hulkamania. <laughs> Pac Man Fever. I think all that's probably just ripping off Pac Man Fever. It's all Beatlemania, right? It might all be Beatlemania. Oh my god, he just stole it from fucking the Beatles. Beatlemania, yeah. Wow. There you go. Just like he stole that eight days a week shit. And that's why they wanted him to be in the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, that secret sauce. <laughs> uh, well, what more can you say about No Holds Barred? I think we said enough. <laughs> and then some. Yeah. I I can't in good in good conscience recommend this movie to anybody. I mean, what you could watch it for a laugh, I guess. I don't I don't but think you'll boring. make it the whole way. It's like, boring though, yeah. It it was a long watch. If we didn't have if there wasn't a purpose for us to watch the movie, I would have. If there weren't some commercials to entertain us on Tubi once in a while, <laughs> we might have yeah. been in real trouble. Oh, thank God, more commercials. <laughs> a brief respite from this movie. <laughs> oh look, they got Christmas movies coming up. That's nice. Oh, yeah. No holds barred. We should go to Old Navy. <laughs> yeah. So I think that might be that might be the podcast. Um, you know, it's been fun. And hopefully <laughs> it's been rough. I mean, no, I mean, rough in the sense that we sat through a we sat through a stinker. Yeah, I'm not sure what, we're, what we'll cover next, but I boy, do I hope that it's it's a better, better time than this one. I've got a few suggestions. Yeah. Santa with muscles. <laughs> what was the other one he co-wrote? Mr. Allegedly, Mr. Nanny. allegedly rewrote Mr. Nanny or Santa with muscles. Oh, we'll God. check the critical appraisals on those films. Yeah, we don't know if they ha- if they got bad reviews, so we better hold out. 
But um, no, we we thank you to everybody that's been hitting all the nice star buttons and thumbs ups on the platforms. Yep, I'll uh, take all the stars and thumbs namely, they let you give us. Namely Spotify and and the Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. app. It mm-hmm. really does help. Um, yeah, help us out with this sort of thing. And um, if anybody leaves a written review, which I think you can only do on, on Apple podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you leave a five star review, we'll read it on the show yeah. next time. It will not be live. It won't be live. It won't be in real time and make sure you subscribe, which is a good practice anyway, but especially as the frequency of episodes may be increasing. Yes. We might go from sparingly uh-huh. to semi spare. I'm sorry. To every two weeks. Oh yeah. Like it's supposed to be. Yeah. And fortnightly, maybe, maybe even beyond. We don't know. Weekly. Uh, I said too much. But thank you for listening wherever you are and uh, stay safe. And don't forget to get your inoculation for Hulkamania. R- rip them. What's that smell? Brother, you know you made me proud. You gave me something to believe. But it's my turn now. I won't let you down. Gonna make things right. Turn it all around. Love goes far. But it's no Thanks, Mr. Brill. I'm not interested.